TED Audio Collective. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Hey, and welcome back to Conversations with People Who Hate Me. I'm your host, Dylan Marin. As you know, I'm interested in figuring out the story behind negative online comments, and more importantly, the full three-dimensional humans who wrote them. Some of these comments can be very intense. I've spoken to people who have called me a piece of shit, a moron, a talentless hack, and yes, a faggot. I've moderated calls between pairs of strangers who have sent and received some very charged words too, like, you should be burned at the stake, or I hope you're eaten alive by a pack of wild dogs. But as listeners of this show know, I'm also fascinated by the less intense digital interactions that still manage to stick with us. Comments like, that person is annoying, tweets like, you're a hypocrite, or even the silent act of being unfriended. These more tame instances of online negativity aren't overtly hateful, but when we receive or experience them, it can feel like hate, especially when it's coming from a stranger. But today's comment isn't hateful, and today's guest is not a stranger. In fact, I'd now call him a friend. In the fall of my freshman year of high school, months before MySpace came around, a year and a half before the dawn of Facebook, and four years before Twitter asked us to share what we were thinking in 140 characters or less, I came across the very first negative thing to ever be written about me online. In this sacred time before digital communication changed us forever, kids in my high school would make online quizzes about themselves as a way to test how well their fellow classmates knew them. And one day, I found a quiz made by one of the most undeniably popular and beloved kids in my grade, a guy named Carl. One question on Carl's quiz asked, who's the funniest person in our grade? And there were four options. One, the correct answer, was Carl himself. And I was shocked to learn that another option was me. But next to my name, parenthetically, it read, cause he look funny. And this felt horrible. I had no idea, of course, that nearly 17 years later, I'd be 31 episodes into a podcast that would explore this exact feeling that I'd be connecting the authors of such comments to the recipients of them. This all happened 16 months before the term podcasting was even invented by a guy named Ben Hammersley in the article Audible Revolution that The Guardian would publish in February of 2004, and yes, I had to look that one up. On the big sociological scale, it was a different time for us as humans, and on the small scale, it was different for me as an individual human too. I was an insecure kid grappling with body image issues and figuring out how I was gonna come out of the closet. I now know that this isn't unique at all, but experiencing it at the time in isolation was unbearable. So to read that the most beloved charismatic kid in the grade called me funny looking, it sucked. Now, Carl and I became friendlier over the years, but never really got to know each other. 
we never spoke about the quiz, and we didn't keep in touch after graduation. So, a year ago, I invited Carl over to my apartment to reconnect. We ended up having a really lovely chat about who we are today and who we were 15 years ago when the comment was first written. It felt great. So, here is Carl. Hi! Dylan. Oh my god, out, look brother. at you! How are you? Good to see you, man. It's so good to see you How off the you? internet. It's truly been since graduation. Yeah. Well, good to see you. It's me, same guy. You look amazing. I lost some weight. Oh my God, Carl. After some nice, friendly catch-up, we settled into the microphones. Is it good? All right. Okay, great. thank you. So like I said, super conversational. So, hi, Carl. Hello, Dylan. (laughs) How are you? What's going on? I haven't seen you since graduation. Uh, Yeah, it's been a long time. What, 12 years? Yeah. Yeah. A lot has happened. Yeah, a lot. I'm about to be 30. Oh my God! Thirty thirty. If I this is wild, but I feel like I remember your birthday. You really remember things. Yeah, that's a see? skill. Okay, this I is. I forgot my birthday sometimes. But that's so funny. I don't know why. Like we, yeah. Okay, so we graduated yep. high school in two thousand six. So two thousand six. Well, you just brought it up. I remember things, and I yes. don't know why, but I have vividly remembered <laughs> this totally insignificant thing that wow. when I've since brought it up to people, they're like, that's not a big deal. That's yeah. you wow. you are holding on to that. But I remember that so we were in ninth grade and this was like way pre-social media, right? right. This is like Twitter wasn't even like I think we were on MySpace. No, MySpace wasn't even around yet. This was 2002, so it was AIM. AIM was like the wow. online forum we were used to. Like dial-up internet. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so AIM was our big thing, and I also remember people were posting like friend quizzes, like how well do you know me? You know, mm-hmm. like my what is my favorite color, option A, option B, option C, option D. So I'm going to share my memory of you in high school, which is that you came in just, like, burning with charisma. Like, you were just, like, the coolest person, and everyone thought you were great. But we weren't friends at the beginning of freshman year. Right. Because I was not cool. <laughs> I was I, – you, you were, like, the cool, charismatic kid in a time when it is rare to have, like, fully formed charisma – and you had that, and I was super insecure. And so I just thought you were cool, but we didn't speak. And so I saw on your quiz, and again, this is like my obsessive memory coming in, but on on your quiz, I remember there was a question of who's the funniest person in the grade, and there were four options. And I was on there, but next to it, it said, because he looks funny. And I, so I've <laughs> clearly never forgotten that. And I, do you remember that at all? Um, slightly. Yeah. I, I'll be lying if I say I remember it fully, but I, mm-hmm. it sounds like something I yeah. would do. So. Well, I anyway, so I reached out to you because... You know, last week. <laughs> last week on a tear. Um, I reached out to you and I wanted to have you on this podcast, not because it's hateful. And I think it's important to kind of identify that it isn't. Right, for sure. um, and it's very different from other things that I get on the internet. But because 
that was my first time ever reading something negative about me online in this kind of like divorced space from like, I am, it's not like you, I overheard you saying that. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I saw someone had written it and it was posted in this digital. I gotta put world. my name to it. Yeah. 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 So um, that's my memory of it. <laughs> what is your memory of it? I mean, um, well, because I have no real memory of it. Um, <laughs> right. Based on, you know, yeah. what you just detailed. Um, I'm going to say maybe, you know, from what I hear, it sounds very twofold. Um, I think that, you know, you know, part of all the charisma that you detailed and things like that. One of my main, main um, characteristics that people associate to me all the time mm-hmm. is my leadership qualities. Mm. And one of the main things of that is, you know, including everyone. Mm. I feel like I've always tried to include everyone mm. um, and and have a group concept, um, mm-hmm. you know, even from Watts and mm-hmm. all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally brought together a group of 15 to 20 people to believe in one thing, which was as superficial as four letters put together with stars in between them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so all and you know you wrote that out till till the last day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for um, many for the many listening who don't know what Watts is, take us through it. We are the. Yeah, you're allowed to say that. <laughs> Shit. On, um, <laughs> on the podcast, it was just like my high school group, man, yeah. and it was just everything to us. Um, we just. We just aligned with it, and it was like a fraternity. Um, you know, when you go to a private school and you're a, a young black male, there just aren't too many people that look like you in that yeah. school. Um, so it was just um, a way for us to just familiarize ourselves in a not familiar space. Yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting too, right? Because I think there's that dynamic of um, when I read this, you had all the power. I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, and, and because it was, it wasn't even power. It was more so influence. What that showed me was at a young age, I had influence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had people who walked up to me and said, "Carl, I have no confidence," and now they're throwing up this sign, and they're a part of this group that breeds confidence. Right. In the in the essential words of, of what it means, we are the shit. Mm-hmm. So if you associate with this group. Mm. You are essentially saying that you are the shit. Mm. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So, you know, someone, you know, who's walking around timid, soft-spoken, beta personality, if I take a liking to you, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you yeah. know, those might not be your traits. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I what I guess I'm trying to get at here is that when I read that through whatever AIM profile it was posted on, I felt like shit just because you are you were the shit you know um and you you were and i think it's fair to say you were like the top dog in our grade right i mean thank yeah, you just, thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate yeah, that you were um, but I, I i always try to do it in a very um humble approach and that's why this one kind of bothered me a little bit i really feel like i put you there because there was a positive association to that as well. Really? 100%. Huh. I just feel like there was a, I was still in my psychological development. Yeah. So I didn't really articulate it in the best way I could have. Huh. I guess you're saying you meant it in a in a positive way. 
Um, I, I'm yes. Yeah, I guess the only thing is because I I don't feel like I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but I don't feel like I had troll in me. Um, yeah. I don't think I used it in a very negative sense like that. So I feel like when I put your name in that, it was a very very cognitive response. It was a very articulated. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like like I was a measure. So Carl's mic just cut out there, but he said it was a very measured action. And because I felt like um, you were a leader in your own right. How um, so? I felt like I mean, the 150%, you know, everyone has insecurities. So, you know, the man that you saw that had all that confidence that, you know, you thought was just alpha dog had his own insecurities as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that I, was always my insecurities yeah. have always been with women. Um, so 150%. So here, here's this kid who essentially is half my size. Um, me, you mean? Yes. Um, Dylan Maron. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Half my size. Um, you know, your voice is high now, so we could only imagine what his voice sounded like 15 it years was, ago, right? It was high. Uh, it was high. Um, you had more metal in your mouth than teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, all those things, but Every single girl in our grade, above our grade, the 11th grade, the 12th grade, loved this kid. Loved this kid, Dylan. And I don't even think I knew at ninth grade that you were gay, to be completely yeah. honest with you. No, and I Or if you even did. I did. You did. And I, mean, I, well, I just think you – so I don't think your comment hurt me – because it felt like you were making fun of me for being gay at all. It what it just hurt me because I had insecurities too. But I and I think that's that's what I'm most interested in talking about, right? Like, who were you in ninth grade? Like, what were the some of those insecurities? In ninth grade, I was a kid who always um, was told that. I mean, in the, just in the context of girls. Um, no, just yeah, or like, in the, or just anything, because you you just and, said like I had my own insecurities in ninth grade. Um, I was just always I, in ninth grade who I was as a person. I was just determined to succeed. Um, I've always been doubted, so I kind of knew this position I was in, and I just one hundred percent just wanted to go into that situation and dominate it. Um, mm. I feel like my alpha personality was already created. My competitiveness was already created from my scholarship program in sixth grade. So the, the, the knowingness to achieve and just having people around you that are kind of going after the same thing that you want, you know, you can't have, you can't have two dogs in a cage or one bowl of food. Mm. So, mm. um, that's kind of, that was kind of my mentality going into ninth grade, go into that shit and fuck it up. Mm. Um, and that, that means get A's, you know, make friends, you know, leave a legacy, whatever it is. And that's what you kind of saw manifesting itself. Um, and I mean, I was 15, so I made mistakes, you know, I didn't I always think we do, all did. Right. And, you know, you, you look funny may have been one, but I do feel like it was, it was said with a purpose. You identified the fact that the girls loved me, right? Whoa. How, but how did that's that feel? Understatement. Well, how did that feel? I mean, it's, it's, it's crushing to a person like me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you look in the mirror every day. You're like, oh, I'm so handsome. I'm this shit. I'm this, this, and this. But every girl's hanging out with Dylan, who's like walking around with his head down. That's so funny because just just so you know, not 
that you're from the outside. I see that. Yeah. But all I wanted was like guy friends. That's crazy. And yeah. I didn't have any. Right? right. And also there was just we need to say it, there were no out gay kids. No. In the school. And 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 the girls aligned with you. They sympathized mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. But. It was like tough, you know what I'm saying? It was just, just yeah. from my perspective. Yeah, but, that but was, I always yeah. respected you as a leader. That's so one hundred percent. Like funny. you just always rode your own ship. I always, I like people like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I just like people that like that march to the beat on their own drum. Right. You were talking about insecurities, and I want to share with you my insecurities in ninth grade. But would you mind like articulating what your insecurities were? I mean, um, yeah, 100%. Um. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Before we continue, I just want to say thanks for being here. Also, you can be on this show too. Has someone said something negative about you online, or maybe you've said something negative about someone else? Either way, after this episode is over, go to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com where you can fill out a guest form. And if you don't want to be on this show, that is totally cool. I appreciate you just the same. Maybe consider telling a friend about this show. Word of mouth has brought this podcast around the world, so your recommendation goes a long way. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Would you mind, like, articulating what your insecurities were? I mean, um, yeah, 100%. Um, I was always a big kid. Um, I was always probably, I think I went in, if I remember, I, you know, my high school physical was like 275, dude. Like one at one time, you know. Um, I was just always battling with weight. And I never really was subconscious about weight, but other people made me. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Like, I was always a confident kid. I always preached um, all types of, you know, motivational things to myself. Always knew that I was in charge of my mental health. Mm. But, you know, back to the, you know, women always kind of made me feel like it was a problem. Because Mm. I had always, I always prided myself being an intellectual person. So, you know, I always wrote the letters. I always went out on the... You know, saved up my my two mm-hmm. pennies, took them to the movies. Mm-hmm. But you know, the older guy with the abs in the car is mm-hmm. you know sealing the deal, taking the girl from me. Mm-hmm. You know, riding out in the night, and then she's crying to me a week later, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm all set. <laughs> so that story was just kind of just happening over and over again, and I just realized that there was a physical component that I just didn't have. Mm-hmm. I just felt marginalized in that department. Um, so I always admired someone like you who could just connect. Um, to them in your own way and didn't really care for what other people thought about you. And I just always thought that was awesome. I just want to tell you, I cared so much what people thought about me. I was so insecure. It just didn't seem that way. Cause you know, like you just had like an attitude and you were just kind yeah. of like defiant and, and just neither, like, oh. but neither did you, I, for those at home, <laughs> Carl just did an action that I would like to be who I was. Um, so I, I just want to be transparent about where I was coming from. And the reason that comment like hit hard for me about looking funny. And now I understand that we were kind of as, at opposite ends of the spectrum on this. Exactly. But I was I was like eating disordered then. And I was like Were you like a chubby kid trying to get into a skinny frame? Type no, of thing? I was I was already like in seventh grade, I was just like normal seventh grade kid chubby. Yeah. But my parents were also going through a divorce at the time. And so I threw myself into like this very unhealthy calorie counting over exercising phase. So um, this is this is 
not um, clearly. This is not said to to make you feel bad. This is just like I want you to know who I was too. What you were going through. Yeah, and so I. I was like so eating disordered. I was like counting calories. I was obsessed with losing weight just so that I could like kind of feel control. Do you know what I mean? Um, I I hated myself in ninth grade because I wasn't out. I never thought I could come out. I didn't. So you had knew you were, you had known in ninth grade you were gay, but you. Oh didn't. yeah, I knew in ninth grade I was gay, and so. <clears throat> With hearing your perspective that I had like a lot of girlfriends, <laughs> it's like, <All> of them. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, it's funny because I was just like, you're just gay. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gay and you like me because I'm not putting anything sexual out there. Wow. And what I really wish is that I could connect with a guy because I had no guy friends at the time. I would have loved to have been friends with someone like you, just friends. No, but I like, mean, no, that makes sense. Because... I was intimidated by you because I didn't have the trappings of like quote-unquote normal right right you know you you mentioned this too when you were talking about watts but and only as as much as you want to talk about it but you're also talking about being black in this white private school (sighs) how did that feel man (laughs) um i'll say this i i enjoyed every single day of it um I don't think I would be as sharp of a human being as I am today in, in this climate if I didn't go through that warfare, you yeah, know, and and mental warfare. I mean, it's a completely safe space, you know what I'm saying? Don't take the word for um, literal value. But, um, like, you just always got to be on your toes, man. Like, you don't know if uh, if someone twice, you know, is old enough to be your mom or dad is trying to emasculate you right in front of you. You know what I mean? Trying to undermine your whole everything mm-hmm. <laughs> everything about you or you know if they're trying to give you a, a benefit that you never will ever ever come across ever in your life you know what i'm saying you have to literally decipher every single day whether someone's trying to destroy you or take you to a level that you'll never get on your own <laughs> and what was that what was that warfare like or or in Whatever you're I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I just, you always, you gotta, you gotta basically decipher someone's genuineness. You know what I mean? If I went to high school in my neighborhood, no one's genuine. Yeah. How so? (laughs) You just don't trust anybody. That's just how we, that's just, you know what I mean? So when you go into a place, a place like a private school, very disarming and it's just as much threat. Carl's mic just cut out again, but what he said was, and when you go to a place like the private school we went to, it's very disarming and just as much threat. I mean, that's so fucked up. It's 100% disarming. You come in and you're like, oh. Yeah. And, and you know, and it's just like, not at all. That must have shaped all of who, so much of who you were in high school. Man, it, that's why I'm pursuing that psychological major, the master that I told you right now. Mm-hmm. I mean... Everything is just some is a mental play for me. Yeah. For me at least. Yeah. Um, because I assume that leadership position. You have to understand if I just went to that high school and just lied in the weeds and just, you know, just kinda just kept my peace and stayed quiet, I wouldn't be in that I wouldn't be in that situation. But the fact that I was who I was, yeah, um, everything that came with it. You know what I mean? I just always had to make sure I was prepared. I always had to make sure that someone else wasn't smarter than me. Um, 
you know, someone didn't ha- make a better decision to me in an interpersonary um, mm-hmm. situation, things like that. Yeah. I wish I had gone up to you and said something about it because then we could have had this conversation seven, what, I also, 15 years ago? I also, and, you know, in hindsight, I also wish I just, you know, changed the words a little more because from, from what it sounds like, it doesn't seem like a, it seems like what I detailed was true. So mm-hmm. I just wish that I maybe like tweaked the word here or there, you know, it probably would have led to a whole friendship yeah. where, you know, this wouldn't be the first time where we were speaking again. So. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I I wished I, <laughs> I you were so yeah. you were I mean, and are so cool. I try to I try to, I try to be I just try to chill with everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, you know, it was funny too because as as I started getting older and older, I just kind of stopped chilling with people more and more and less, and I kind of just became more of an introvert as mm. I graduated. Um, because mm. I just felt like people were sucking my energy. Um, mm. because I had you know came in with that like that wave of charisma that you mentioned in ninth grade by the time I was in 12th grade I was just like dragging my feet why that's just human nature man and you felt like <laughs> depleted I mean it's just it's just what it is you know what to to whom is much much is given um much is required or whatever yeah. the saying goes so yeah. I might have I might have fucked comes, on that great yeah. responsibility exactly so it's like you know, if if you have a presence like that, you know, there's days where I, I'll be completely flat thinking about, you know, my dad or my mom or some problem that I have, like something's completely fucking me up. Yeah. And I walk in and then people are looking at me to dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. And it's like, what? It's yeah. like, you can't have a bad day. Yeah. And you live with that pressure. If that's your only thing, like, you don't got no girls, you know what I'm saying? Everybody just looking at you to be the leader, then you got to do that shit every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that shit gets kind of corny after a while. I you totally know what I'm saying? Because that. it's like, you don't come and make me happy. You don't dance for me. Yeah. So then I started taking a reciprocal approach to everything. Yeah. And that's completely changed my whole ideology and framework of how I go about things in the second half of my life. Yeah. Because we haven't spoken since graduation, but you have a daughter now. She's everything. Tell me about her. She is, and I mean, she's beautiful. She's my twin. She's my angel. She's everything. I love you, Madison. You're listening. Um, um, well, you're not. Listening, I just imagine whenever. the baby being like, "Podcasts are my shit." Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> you know, the, she's great. I'm telling yeah. you, she probably starts she's a very advanced baby. She's, she's so listening smart. to podcasts. That, that's, a, that's yeah. That, that's the best thing about her. Um, yeah. she's my pride and joy. Um, honestly, I've just been through a lot that I don't really need to detail here. Yeah. I feel like I already kind of got a little more, and until I wanted to, but mm-hmm. um, she's just like my reward, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm. I feel like because of all the things that I've been through that I have not, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I haven't been traumatic, but um, the things that I've been through, I just feel like when I look at my daughter, she's my reward mm. for uh, sticking to my game plan. Mm. I feel like that's my, that's God's blessing. Yeah. This is a huge question, but because she's my spitting image, yeah, and she even has the same cognitive functions as me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's so weird to see this like being that is you. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, how do you feel you've changed, evolved since ninth grade? I, I first answer um, way more aggressive. More um, aggressive. Disgustingly more aggressive. Yeah. Um, I feel like in ninth grade, I let people dictate things for me. Yeah. 
Um, and now I dictate things yeah. to people. Um, said very respectfully. Yeah. Um, it's just something that I pride myself in now. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it takes a certain kind of man to say something and people actually, um, you know, listen to it and do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That means you have to... I mean, I'm not doing it because I'm hitting people. So, yeah. you know, um, I'm a father now. I have to be authoritative. Um, I, I'm a protector. Yeah. Um, I never really embodied that role. I've never really been in love like that uh -huh. um, to really take. I've never been in love to the point where my girlfriend was like my soul, yeah. um, you know, yeah, <clears throat> or anything like that. So I would say now... And everything that I got going on with my life and, you know, what I, the changes that I've made, you know, just to what I do every day, who I see every day, um, who gets my time, mm. um, who gets my energy has completely shifted. Mm. Um, I feel like when I was 15, I gave myself to everyone mm -hmm. and got nothing back. And I feel like now I give myself to no one and I get everything. That's a... I think Great that's a very position to be in. Yes. Yeah. I feel like if everyone took that stance, we would all be self-preserving ourselves. Yeah. Do you regret writing what you wrote? Yes. Um. Simply because I did not. It was a mistake. If my if my true intentions were to just include you and show you respect, then me saying that you look funny was a mistake. And yeah, that's okay. I have to say, I'm grateful that you wrote it because it's great to connect after so many yeah, years I mean, right, right that, now. That, that, is, that yeah. is not regretful, the yeah. fact that we actually yeah. spoke on it. Right? I but, mean, um, this this also is like kind of what I fantasized about as a kid when I was like, what if one day like yeah, I get to be with friends him. with, <laughs> you yeah. know, like the cool people. Bro, like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like in conversation, can always be had. I'm, I'm 30. I plan on being here for a long time. And that wraps up season three of Conversations with People Who Hate Me. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to take a few months off from releasing episodes so I can work on my book, which is going to cover how and why I make this podcast, along with some ideas for the future of internet communication. It's called Snowflake. And no, I unfortunately don't have a pre-order link or release date just yet. Don't worry, though. I will be back with brand new episodes in the fall. In the meantime, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell your enemies about this podcast. And if you're feeling up for it, and only if it feels safe, maybe try having a difficult conversation of your own. If you can't wait until the fall, I have good news because on April 10th, I am doing a live show in New York City where two strangers who clashed online will meet IRL on stage for the very first time. I'm not going to share too many details on the backstory before then, but trust me, it's going to be good. I hope to see you there. Tickets are available at www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, please visit www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com for more information. Conversations with People Who Hate Me is a production of Night Vale Presents. Vincent Cascione is the sound engineer and mixer. Christy Gressman is the executive producer. The theme song is These Dark Times by Caged Animals. The brand new logo was designed by Philip Black Owl with a photo by Mindy Tucker. And this podcast was created, produced, and hosted by me, Dylan Marin. Special thanks to Adam Cecil and our publicist, Megan Larson. And as always, remember, there's a human on the other side of the screen.
Dark times.